Hello everyone, Merry Christmas and welcome to the Lighthouse Church Sermon Broadcast on this Christmas Day. The title of our message is The Craziness of Christmas. For many of us, Christmas can be a crazy time. Here are some of the crazy things that we do. If we are in business, we work like crazy during the weeks leading up to Christmas, trying to make the production or the sales that we won't be able to make while we're closed. Some people call it the silly season because we try to do a month's work in two weeks. We completely exhaust ourselves so that we can have that well-needed rest. Crazy, isn't it? If we celebrate with gifts or food, we endure crazy traffic, crazy crowds, stand in crazy long queues. Sometimes we pay crazy high prices in order to buy what we think will bring Christmas cheer. Lavish eating, drinking and gifting is then followed by the longest end of the month as we wait for that next payday. Someone once said that we can fall into this trap where we spend money we don't have to buy things we can't afford to please people that we hardly like. It's just crazy. Perhaps we use the time to connect with family and friends. But then we chase around trying to squeeze in as many visits as possible and to attend as many social events as possible. We tick the box of seeing the people, but because we don't have much time together, we, we don't really connect and have meaningful conversations. By the time the season is over, many of us are exhausted, some of us are broke, but you know what? We do it again next year. Christmas can just be a crazy time. And for many people, the message of Christmas sounds crazy as well. Think about it for a moment. God, Almighty God, somehow shrinks himself down and takes human form as Jesus. He's born as a, a helpless baby to a virgin. He's recognized as a king, yet he's born in a stable. So-called sinners love this man, but the holy people, the religious ones, hate him. In the end, many want to crown him as king, but he refuses to be crowned. He does no wrong, but he's sentenced to death. And having died on a Roman cross, he's buried. But then he rises from the dead. Now, at least some of these events, if not all of them, seem at least a little bit crazy to most of us. They prompt the question, why would God do all of this? We may think to ourselves, if I was God, I would not have done some of those things. Because some of those things may really even offend us. For example, Almighty God taking on a human form, making a virgin pregnant before her wedding, a holy God being known as the friend of sinners, allowing an innocent man to be sentenced to death and brutally executed. When we think about these things, it's not surprising 
to hear some people hear the story of Christmas and say things like, that's crazy. It makes no sense to me. They ask, how can you expect me to believe that? But if we look a little further back in history, we will find that God actually answered this question. Roughly 700 years before all of these things happened, a Jewish prophet by the name of Isaiah prophesied a great many things about Jesus. He also told his hearers not to expect God to act like they would. Because God is very different from us. Listen to his words, uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. I'm reading from the New International Version. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah was telling us, don't expect God to think the way you think, or to act the way you act. He's not like you. His wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, and his ways are vastly superior to yours. So don't be surprised when he does something that makes no sense to you. As we celebrate Christmas today, let's put down our limited thinking and just humbly marvel at the great things that God has done. Christmas celebrates God putting into motion the most amazing plan of redemption, of rescue. Mankind had become completely alienated from God, living independently and disobediently. There was now a great chasm between God and man, so great that it seemed impossible to bridge. For millennia, people tried all kinds of ways to bridge that gap between God and man. Human cultures are full of religions and philosophies, different attempts to reconnect with God. Others have tried to avoid the problem by simply denying, trying to deny God's existence. But all human attempts to solve the problem have failed leaving us still alienated from God. So perhaps we shouldn't be surprised if God's solution is something completely different, something you and I would never have thought of. This Christmas Day, let's celebrate the fact that God did what we could never do. He solved our impossible problem in the most surprising way. Knowing that we could never bridge the gap by ourselves, God built a bridge for us. We could not get to him, so he came to us. We could not comprehend him, could not understand him in all of his glory. So he came to us in humanity as one we could understand. We could not deal with our guilt and our shame so he took it upon himself. 
we could never conquer sin or death. So he conquered it for us. This is the spectacular wisdom of God. He achieved what we thought impossible by doing what we thought unthinkable. This Christmas Day, let's marvel at some of the wonderful surprises of Christmas. God, who is perfectly pure, loves every one of us, no matter how many evil things we've done. God, who is far greater than the universe he created, was prepared to become a man so that we could know him. God, who has every right to punish us for our rebellious ways, chose to take our punishment upon himself so that we could be declared not guilty and be reconciled to him. To our limited minds, this can seem crazy. But this is actually the wisdom of God. I would submit to you today that it's time for us to lay down our weak, ineffective wisdom and humbly embrace God's vastly superior wisdom. When we do that, we receive the true gift of Christmas. This gift is called salvation, and it includes things like this. God forgiving all our sins. God setting us free from the death grip of sin and the devil. Us being reconciled to God and adopted as his children. The Spirit of God filling us such that the power of God now works in us and through us, transforming our lives. As I speak of the wonders of Christmas, I need to point out that the events that we actually celebrate at Christmas time, the, the birth of Jesus, are but the beginning of the story of God's work of salvation. The story starts at Christmas time and it reaches a climax at Easter when Jesus willingly embraced crucifixion in order to pay the price for our sin. In order to build a bridge that we can cross, Jesus took our guilt and shame upon himself and was executed in our place. At the time Jesus died, the curtain in the Jewish temple tore from top to bottom. Now, this curtain was a thick barrier between the holy place of the temple and the most holy place. The most holy place was where God would manifest his glory, where the Ark of the Covenant was. It was a place only the high priest dared to enter and only once a year. That curtain spoke of the necessary barrier between holy God and sinful man, of the separation, of the chasm between us. But when Jesus died, that curtain tore open and the most holy place was visible. The way to God 
had been opened. And the story doesn't end there. Jesus was buried and the tomb sealed and guarded. But on the Sunday morning, he rose from the dead and left the tomb. This was the final victory. Jesus defeated death itself. Now, Before Jesus returned to his rightful place in heaven, he made sure that his resurrection had been well witnessed. He didn't only appear many times to his disciples. At one time, he appeared to over 500 people at the same time. Friends, this is not some crazy story invented by a bunch of crazy religious fanatics. This is well-documented, well-witnessed history. But still, to our, our limited minds, this may seem pretty crazy. But again, I submit to you that it's time for us to lay down our desperately limited intellect and wisdom and humbly embrace the infinite wisdom of God. When we do that, we receive the true gift of Christmas. It's the greatest gift that has ever been given and the greatest gift that will ever be given. If you've already received this gift, I urge you today, celebrate this amazing gift. Marvel again and again at the amazing things that God has done for you. If you have not yet received this gift, I invite you to receive it, even today. Let's respond to what God has done for us in prayer together. Firstly, for those who've already received this gift, Heavenly Father, I am so very grateful for what you have done for me. You have made a way for me to come to you, to have my sins forgiven, to be adopted as your child. This is surely the greatest gift ever given, and I've received it, and I thank you so very, very much. Today I remember with joy what you did on that first Christmas day. Lord Jesus, I worship you today as my Lord, my Savior, my God. If you haven't yet received this gift, but you'd like to, why not pray something like this? God, I'm aware of the separation between us. Sometimes you feel very distant. Sometimes you feel non-existent. I've tried to bridge the gap, but I know that I'm a sinner and I realize that I'm not capable of saving myself. Today, as I've heard what you have done, I lay down my preconceived ideas and I choose to believe you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for his death on the cross that paid the price for my sin. Thank you for his resurrection, defeating death for me. Lord Jesus, I put my faith in you today. I submit my life to you, declaring you my Lord and my Master. As I surrender my life to you, I ask you to please lead me into my new life as a child of God. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. 
have a blessed day ahead.